Good morning. Today's reading is taken from Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20, the Great Commission. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thank you, Barbie, and good morning, everyone. It is great to be here, and uh, it's especially lovely to have our youth with us this morning, and uh, hopefully you've been offered a little sermon notes guide. They are for adults too, so if you fancy having a go, do put your hand up, and I know Billo's got, Billy's got some, uh, there's Katrina, Christine, brilliant, brilliant, Shirley wants one. Um, so I hope that you were here with us last week for Pentecost Sunday, which was when we were remembering God sending his spirit to the disciples. Alan used a great water pistol analogy, and hopefully some of you received a sprinkling of the Holy Spirit. Now, today is Trinity Sunday, which falls on the first Sunday after Pentecost. And Trinity Sunday is when we think about the triune nature of God. Or in other words, when we try and understand about God as Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm very conscious that last year, Sophie preached a particularly excellent sermon about Trinity Sunday. So that was on the 12th of June, 2022. So please do go back to YouTube and re-have uh, re a look at that because it was full of sound theology on this topic. And she shared a couple of illustrations that were particularly good at helping us to understand the Trinity. And the first one was of Spider-Man. And uh, at that time, the Spider-Man film hadn't been out very long, and she was talking about the fact that in the, the film, Spider-Man is represented in this way, the three different actors that have played him all pointing towards each other. She then went on to describe a logo that she'd had on her uh, primary school jumper. And I don't know what that looked like, but I am imagining it might have looked something like my second image, um, which is like three circles together with God in the middle. I'm sure, there we go. It's a guess. I don't know. I wasn't with Sophie at primary school, but I'm imagining it possibly looks something like this. But it is notoriously difficult to find an adequate illustration that really captures the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So on the sheet, there is a little light bulb. If you have one, and during my talk, you feel inspired to visually represents something of the Trinity. Please draw it in there and come and show me afterwards because that could help next year's preacher when they do that because it won't be me. Now, <laughs> 
Normally, I really enjoy preparing sermons, but I felt a bit intimidated this week. Because just 10 minutes or so, I need to offer you something that will help us understand one of the most profound mysteries of our faith, that our Creator Father God, His Son Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are all God, but not the same. I think we need to pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here and ask that you come and help us to understand more about you, more about Jesus, more about our Father God, so that our faith is strengthened, our love for you is deepened, and we are even more equipped to go out into the world and share the good news to others. In your mighty name, amen. So I wonder when you have your best thoughts. Is it when you're lying in bed, maybe in the shower, when you're cooking, gardening, on the way to school or work? Perhaps you're like me, and it's when you've got a deadline and should actually be focused on something else. It looks like procrastination, but it's actually when my best thoughts happen. And one of the things I like to do when I'm thinking about something confusing and I'm trying to wrestle with it is I try and stand in the shoes of all the different players and understand what things might be like for them. Now, the subject of the Trinity is pretty mysterious and confusing, so I thought it could be helpful if just for the next 10 minutes or so, we stepped into the shoes of Jesus' disciples and imagined what it was like for them to hear the words that Barbie read to us today. So let's get inside their world. We know that the disciples were ordinary men living in Israel during the Roman occupation. They were all from different walks of life, and they'd been called by Jesus to follow him. And they've spent three years together. They've been learning from Jesus, living alongside him. They've heard him teach. They've seen him heal people, carry out incredible miracles. And they've rested and socialized with him. They've seen his actions. They've listened to his words. They've also witnessed his brutal trial, torture, and execution. And at the moment of his death, they saw the sky go black, they felt the earthquake, they saw the rocks break open, and they knew that the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And at the time of today's reading, Jesus has been appearing to them, fully raised from the dead, many times across 40 days. And this is where we meet them in our verses, just before Jesus ascends to heaven. And he says this, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he tells them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he says, surely I am with you always. Eventually, they witness Jesus ascending into heaven. And all of that takes place before the amazing day of Pentecost that we learned about last week. 
I can only imagine how overwhelming, confusing, and generally mind-blowing all of this must have been for them. We should remember, of course, that the disciples had almost nothing in comparison to the resources that we have today. They didn't have a neatly bound copy of the Bible that they could read and cross-reference. The New Testament hadn't even been written yet. There were no YouTube explanations, books, concordances, podcasts, or theology degrees to study. And yet, despite this, what they did have was a clear instruction from Jesus to go and baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I wonder if they were as confused as we can sometimes get in trying to understand the Trinity. You see, as Jews, they had known and studied the Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. They knew about God, the Father, creator of the universe. Now, actually, I should have mentioned earlier, there's a little box down here. I'm going to be saying lots of names of God. And there's just a box here where you can capture names that perhaps you don't recognize or you want to look up the meaning of later. But they knew about God. They knew his names, Yahweh, El Shaddai, Elohim, Adonai. They knew how to get close to God, to worship him and ask for forgiveness through sacrifices and rituals. They knew his power and feared him in the most respectful way, holding tight to the covenant relationship established with the Jewish people through Abraham. They believed in an omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent God, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present. And they knew that the Torah promised that a Messiah would come. And, that they met, and then they met Jesus. They met the Son, the promised Messiah, Emmanuel, God with us, Lord of Lords, Prince of Peace, the Living Word, the Bread of Life, the Good Shepherd, the True Vine, Savior. They got to know him. They lived alongside him. He was physical, touchable. Jesus talked to them about his Father in heaven, and he called him Abba which meant dad or daddy. Jesus told them parables about what God is like. He said that God sent him and that he only did what he saw his father doing. Jesus even taught them how to pray to the father. And what I find fascinating is that they even witnessed others recognize him as the Son of God, including demons. In Luke 8, Jesus casts out a demon and it shouts, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? The disciples witnessed firsthand 
the sacrifice Jesus made, and they knew he was an innocent man. They grieved his death and rejoiced in his resurrection. The disciples knew that God the Father and Jesus the Son were distinct, but both very much God, separate but united. So what about the Holy Spirit? Well, by this day of the Great Commission, the disciples had already witnessed and experienced firsthand many times the work of the Holy Spirit. The Torah had spoken of the Spirit of God hovering up over the waters at creation. Jesus had promised them that the Spirit would come. In John 14, he said, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Can you imagine what Pentecost was like? They knew the Holy Spirit. They were expectant for the Holy Spirit coming from the Father. Jesus told them that it was going to happen, and then it happened. Incredible, miraculous, transformational things happened. Not because Jesus was there with them, but because the helper, the advocate, the spirit of life and truth was with them and in them. They spoke in different languages. They performed miracles. They spoke words they neither had the skill nor experience to make up. The Holy Spirit was with them. So when Jesus gave them the Great Commission and told the disciples to baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I wonder if there really was any confusion at all about what that meant, as they had seen, understood, and experienced firsthand the distinct but united nature of God as three persons. I'm going to invite the band to come back. When we step into the shoes of the disciples, the concept of the Trinity feels understandable, even logical, despite its mystery. But what about for your life in 2023? Now, we all connect differently with God, and he made us different on purpose, so I believe there is no one right way to have that relationship. But whatever our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is right now, there is always more for us to know and to experience. More revelation, more power, more healing, more restoration, more understanding. If you're able, please stand. Let's just allow God now to speak to our hearts and minds 
about our relationships with him and how you've been connecting with the Father, Jesus, and the Spirit recently. Perhaps you'll know instantly that God is pinpointing something in your life that needs work and you know that he wants to minister to you today. Perhaps he wants to show you a greater depth of the Father's love. Or perhaps you've been running from Jesus and you need to come to him for forgiveness about something. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit to fill you again, to refresh, empower, or equip you for the relationships and situations in your life. Perhaps God is commissioning you today to share your faith more with your friends, colleagues, and family, and to demonstrate God's love to those around you. Whatever God is doing in your heart, just say yes and welcome more of him. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts and minds. Thank you that the mysteries of you, God, are too much for us to fathom. And we just ask that you meet with us now. Holy Spirit, come. Increase our understanding. Transform our lives and change our hearts. Jesus, we're sorry for where we've got it wrong and where we keep getting it wrong. Please forgive us. And Father God, may we know your love and fully grasp our adoption as your sons and daughters. May we fulfill our potential in you. Send us out into the days and weeks ahead to share your love with those in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.